0: This episode of A Little Juju Podcast is sponsored by Moyo Mysteries. Moyo Mysteries is a platform all about providing holistic nourishment through self, cultural, and community empowerment. moyo Sant offers spiritual consultations, energy ritual work, pelvic steam plans, and full-spectrum doula services from fertility and birth work to loss and bereavement and abortion work. Moyo Sant also offers a variety of educational projects in relation to Black ancestral spirituality, birth work, death work, neurodivergence, and Afrofuturism. To learn more, you can visit Moyo Sant via www.moyomysteries.org, and you can follow her on Facebook and IG under the name Moyo M O Y O
1: Mysteries. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju All you need is All you need All you need is a little juju All you need is a little juju All you need is a little juju A little juju, a little juju A little juju is the way It's how I start my day Can't no say. And I'll never get play. I'll take your photo to the grave But that ain't even my thing I just stay at the crossroads Pray, I just pour a little Honey from my baby To make a stay. Cause I hate when bay leaves But I manifest a little with my bay leaves I'm my ancestors' baby So I give them everything That they gave me, yeah So I can't be stopped Manifested everything, gives me props I'm spiritually rounded while I'm on the top My spirit's surrounded So I'll never drop, drop
0: Welcome to A Little Juju Podcast. This is the podcast all about Black-ass spirituality, honoring our ancestors, honoring ourselves, decolonizing religion and spiritual traditions of Black people, and finding healing and liberation. Through our traditions, one episode at a time. I am your host, Juju Bay, and I come to this show as a psychic medium, a healer, a Reiki practitioner, hoodoo conjure woman, and Orisha devotee. Also, shout out to all my Aborishas out there and my Apetebis gang, gang, gang. I'm so glad that you have decided to tune in, whether this is your first episode or your whatever number, I'm, I'm happy that you're here. So let's sit back, relax. Let's get into this intro. And I'm excited for the show today. It's gonna be a little bit different. So thanks for tuning in. All you need is a little juju. So a couple weeks ago, I interviewed two amazing, amazing, amazing black women artists. One being Jania Franca, who is a singer and songwriter from Brazil, also Latin Grammy nominated artist. (laughs) And I also interviewed Chanel Compton who is the uh, ED, the executive director at the Banneker Douglas Museum um, in Maryland. And she's also an amazing artist, uh, visual artist um, in the DMV area. And um, I was asked by Malik, who is actually a listener of the show, hey, Malik, to facilitate this conversation through the Clarice, which is the Performing Arts Center at University of Maryland, And I was asked, you know, kind of pre-COVID time, but with COVID and everything, we ended up doing it over Zoom, obviously. And so uh, this episode is going to be that interview. I definitely want to encourage folks to watch the interview on YouTube just because it's a full experience. Um, Also, Janya speaks Portuguese. And so you can actually watch um, her speak, and then, you know, we have a translator's we also had um, sign language. So if any of that is interesting, you kind of want to see the full programming. I definitely think that the YouTube is the way to go. However, it's it's here too, so we can listen to the audio and that is just fine. But um, yeah, so this episode is that interview with the Clarice that I did two weeks ago. Again, I want to shout out Malik. Thank you for thinking of me to facilitate this conversation. Thank you to Jane who put the programming together. Again, thank you to Janya and Chanel. They are two amazing folks that I'm just so happy to have connected with. I will have their information in the show notes, how you can check out their music or their art, because both of them, you know, we met a few times before the the actual program, and I got to just ask them questions and get to learn more about who they were. And it's just, like, the artists are who are going to get us free. Like, (laughs) it's the creators and the artists that that are going to get us free and and allow us space to heal. And so I'm just so honored to have been a part and to be thought of to facilitate the conversation. And, you know, we love a good diaspora moment. Like, just black girls from all all over being able to connect and not letting language barriers or... Difference in arts, differences in um, nationality get in the way of our innate connection, our Africanness, our Blackness, so, so, so excited, all my art base tapping, (laughs) and uh, please, please enjoy the show, we're about to get into it right now, so thanks, y'all.
1: All All you need is a little juju. Hello,
0: everyone. Hi to everyone watching. Thank you, Chanel, for sharing your work with us. And thank you, Jenya, also for showing your video. I'm really excited to talk to you both. It's been great uh, connecting and glad we get to do it in this space as well. Thank you to Act Now. So let's just get right into the questions. Um, so um, the first question that I want to ask is how you both understand ancestral connection because both of you refer to ancestors and ancestral work in your art. And I'm curious how um, your respective artwork, like the instruments you use, the movements or materials, et cetera, that have aided you in understanding yourself as well as connecting to your ancestors. Um, So um, since Chanel was just talking, let's go to Shania first and then we'll go to Chanel.
2: Hi, everyone. Um, I'm so glad to be here. Um, Now I will speak Portuguese. Uh, primeiro eu quero agradecer ao convite por, por participar, eu estou muito feliz, muito um, animada com esse momento de poder me conectar com outras pessoas é, da diáspora através do meu trabalho. É, também quero parabenizar a Chanel pelo trabalho incrível que ela desenvolve, faz todo sentido para mim, tudo que ela diz e quando eu vejo as imagens, as imagens brilhantes dela, I
3: So, Zeni wants to thank everyone and thank you for the invitation. She's very happy um, to be here and to connect with Diaspora through her work. And also wants to uh, congratulate Chanel on her work. It's fantastic. And uh, she identifies with uh, what she was explaining as well as the artwork.
2: Um, o meu trabalho, ele é uma expressão da minha vivência é, Eu nasci na Bahia, eu hoje vivo em São Paulo, que é a região sudeste do Brasil Mas eu nasci no nordeste, numa cidade do recôncavo chamada Candeias E como em várias partes do ocidente, o Brasil, aliás, foi o primeiro país a receber né, pessoas escravizadas vindas da África E, por causa disso, o impacto da cultura é, na Bahia é muito é, profundo. Naturalmente, isso se expressa é, na comida, no, na, na cultura como um todo, na comida, na música, na dança, nas formas, nas infinitas formas de expressão. A gente tem uma festa gigantesca é, chamada Carnaval, que, é basicamente, os ritmos e toda a identidade Dessa festa que traz gente do mundo inteiro para cá, está profundamente enraizada na cultura é, vinda de África. Né? E por causa disso, a minha influência principal é essa, é, essa ancestralidade muito intrínseca e muito viva é, até hoje, é, principalmente através da religião, a religião que, que é chamada Candomblé, que é uma religião que foi organizada e criada no Brasil, with a junção de várias pessoas de várias partes da África, do continente africano, e que precisavam expressar sua religiosidade. E aí por causa disso, the a Bahia é um lugar, uma plataforma muito especial e de acesso muito grande a essa ancestralidade.
3: So, Zenia's work comes from her experiences. Eugenia is from Bahia, from a city called Condeas and she moved to Sao Paulo, the uh, metropolis, which is in the southeast, so from the northeast to the southeast. And Brazil was uh, the first country to receive uh, en masse slaves, and that had a very deep impact, which we see uh, in the culture. We see it in the music, in the food, in all cultural expressions. And it's uh, embodied in the gigantic festival that we know as Carnival, um, which is deeply rooted in African culture. And ancestrality for her is something that's very living. And it's especially present in uh, religion, which is in Candomblé, which was created and organized in Brazil from peoples and cultures from the African continent um, to be able to express themselves. and so. For this reason Bahia is a platform from which she draws um, her inspiration.
2: E por causa disso, né, por causa desses desdobramentos é, culturais, é, a música brasileira não é de, não é diferente com a música brasileira que tem infinitos ritmos e e in, in infinitas manifestações artísticas que provêm dessa diáspora. É, infelizmente forçada Mas que criou uma identidade Muito forte aqui no Brasil E com certeza, inevitavelmente Não só por eu ter nascido na Bahia Mas porque o Brasil realmente Está estruturado é, Em cima de, dessa cultura Dessa miscigenação, mas basicamente Por causa dessa cultura Da cultura vinda de África e também Dos povos originários do Brasil Que a gente chama Que é conhecido como indígenas Então, naturalmente, essa musicalidade, a minha musicalidade, provém a minha forma de me expressar. E, na verdade, por causa dos efeitos negativos que a a escravidão causou, né, todos os efeitos negativos que a escravidão causou, existem muitos fragmentos, muitas partes soltas e muitas coisas esquecidas. Na Na nossa primeira conversa, eu usei uma analogia sobre um vaso quebrado estilhaçado. E que a gente agora precisa ficar catando esses caquinhos para poder a gente reconfigurar o nosso sistema, para poder se auto entender, para criar uma identidade própria. E aí eu posso dizer que a música com certeza é o meu veículo, a minha ferramenta para acessar a minha ancestralidade através da, da música que eu tenho acesso a a minha ancestralidade é um processo bastante é, pessoal, mas que hoje eu vejo tanto no Brasil quanto no mundo, muita gente, muitos jovens, muitos artistas em busca dessa desse, dessa, dessa religação, desse religare, né com essa ancestralidade em busca de a gente conseguir saber onde é que a gente está, para que futuro nós estamos construindo. Então eu acredito que é inevitável que a arte que eu, que eu fosse fazer, fosse uma arte que reverenciasse a minha ancestralidade, mas muito pautada também no que eu percebo hoje, em como eu estou hoje, muitas coisas que eu venho aprendendo, constante aprendizado, eu não sabia até cinco anos atrás, então é um processo bastante lento e também a música e o meu trabalho acabam me dando a oportunidade de, de viver momentos como esse e me conectar com outras pessoas negras de outras partes do mundo para a gente é, trocar trocar informações e trocar vivências é isso.
3: Uh, so this, um, this work um, is comes from um, from the diaspora that was forced into Brazil, um, but it also created a strong Brazilian identity, and um, this is made up uh, Brazilian. Culture is is structured on top of this African and indigenous people's cultures. Um, Zhenya's music um, is the expression of this. Um, There is also the negative effects that have come from slavery and many forgotten things that we have out of this. Uh, Zhenya compares us to a broken vase in which uh, we need to find all the separate pieces to be able to restructure our system and create our own identities. And her music is is based on this, and that is a tool that she uses to access her ancestrality. So it's a very personal process um, to to reconstructing her ancestrality. But at the same time, uh, she notices that many artists globally are also searching for their ancestrality um, to understand the past, but also to create a new future. And this is how she uses music uh, to revere and respect her ancestors and uh, to understand how she is now and understand what she's learning today. So it's a very slow process. But through this music, she's able to express herself and reconnect with other persons in the Black diaspora.
0: Thank you so much, Shania. Uh,
4: Chanel? Thank you, Shania. well, my work is um, inspired by my my experiences, mostly, most recently my experiences that I'm afforded working at a museum, um, predominantly African-American museum. So before the Banneker Douglas Museum, you know, i worked as museum educator and the, later on the uh, executive director of the Prince George's African-American Museum. And with that, um, In museum education, you do this uh, deep dive of course in exploring and researching uh, African-American history and culture, um, because that's a part of your work. But for me, I needed a place to unpack all of that. So when I would read um, um, autobiographies of enslaved African-Americans, or when I would um, take a, um, go on a mural um, uh, trip, series trip to um, Brazil to further explore Afro-Brazilian history and culture and the connections to um, specifically Maryland African American culture. I still, it was learning Black history, learning Amer- the real American history in general, is incredibly agitating. It's incredibly inspiring, but it's definitely for myself. Um, um, I, I need I'm, art is my savior, you know what I mean? And being able to um, make sense of all of that in ways that a research paper or a class or a presentation just can't. Um, so um, I use my studio space. Um, as a place of um, personal and, sp- and spiritual um, exploration, where sometimes it doesn't make sense to me. Like, what am I doing? I have no idea. And it makes sense. It will make sense later on um, through these types of discussions. <laughs> but um, but I, for sure, where I'm definitely 10 toes deep down on is that My work is about um, black identity. It is about um, um, this uh, synthesization of African, African, our African heritage, but also European colonial heritage as well. Um, And what that what that means and what cultures were developed out of that. Um, what violence came out of that, but also what beauty and strength came out of it as well. Um, So I think that's kind of like the elements that are in my work that I tried to interpret um, physically and artistically. Those are the thoughts that kind of go through my head. And I think for me, just, you know, I I grew up, well, Christian for the most part. And having this introduction to black cultures um at first in Bra- brazil but then being introduced to it to um in the united states it kind of like unlocked this thing that i'm like damn like i really wish that I was introduced to Kunz and Blay. I wish I was introduced to the Orishas earlier in my, because growing up, you you you're so like conditioned. And this is very, this is a component of white supremacy to demonize our African heritage and spiritual selves. And so I'm like, I'm glad that I have, was gifted this, you know, through my museum work, but I wish I would have, it, I would have been introduced to it earlier, just growing up, you know, um, but I'm looking forward to passing it down, so.
0: Thank you so much. When both of you all talk about your work, the word that came to my mind was a portal, and so like this space that you all are creating to be able to connect to the for to be able to connect with yourselves or the ancestors, so thank you all for sharing your answers with that. My next question is, you actually just brought up the Odisha, so good transition. Um, in both of your works, you include references to the orisha. Um, Chanel, I know that you have a piece that's entitled Oya. We didn't see it today, but Oya, for those who don't know, is a, a Yoruba, female deity of the winds and storm and chains, and Janya's video of Pra. Uh, encompasses imagery from the Afro-Brazilian religion of Candomblé, which she talked about a little bit. Um, and, and in it, it names different orishas or different deities such as Alekhbada and Ibeji. So I'm curious how the orisha have manifested in your life and art and why did you find it important to include, you know, religious and spiritual references in your art pieces? Um, and Chanel, actually, let's start with you and then we'll go to next. Um So I'm just going to
4: make a it- well, for me, I needed, I was actually going through a pretty tough time um, when I created that piece, um, as young black women do, as young women do, you know, but young black women, you know, go, we go through times. And so I needed something to like look to to kind of charge me up, you know, that wasn't, that was, that was a black woman, you know, that was other, that was beyond you know the gaze of white supremacy that was on beyond the gaze of patriarchy that was just the embodiment of 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 strength um and transformation and so i just it just resonated with me and it it made sense with the materials that i was using Um, and i just felt when i made it i was it just vibrated all over my body like I just felt in my mind and my spirit and I just felt like it just felt so right um so and it made sense because the pieces that I typically make are people who I really admire either family members or historical figures so I wanted to create something um that connected all of that but in a, a but on a spiritual plane yeah
2: thanks um, esse é um trabalho de ressignificação de existência, basicamente. Né? É... Ao longo do, da minha vida eu tenho eu, eu, eu vivo mergulhada dentro de um ambiente que é o lugar que eu nasci. A Bahia é um lugar que respira essa ancestralidade. Né? Salvador, que é uma das cidades mais conhecidas do Brasil, se não a cidade mais conhecida do Brasil, é uma cidade que que tem distribuída na cidade imagens de orixás, conviver com a ideia também de que os orixás são elementos da natureza, né? Ah, Oya é o vento, né? Xangô é o raio, Iemanjá são as águas do mar, Oxum são as as águas do rio, então essas coisas sempre foram muito naturais. Embora... O candomblé, por exemplo, seja uma religião muito mal vista no Brasil. Não é uma religião aceita como é, religiões é, brancas, como o catolicismo, o protestantismo e etc. Então, ao longo da história, o, a população negra no Brasil sempre teve que lutar muito para se autoafirmar na sociedade e fazer valer um, é, direitos natos de professar sua religiosidade, sua espiritualidade... Enfim, às vezes, até muitas vezes, sei lá, na década de 20, não se podia se reunir para tocar os instrumentos de percussão porque era crime. Então, ao longo dos anos, essa luta foi se tornando cada vez mais forte. E eu acredito que meu trabalho é um trabalho de ressignificação de existência, porque eu estou aqui e eu preciso fazer com que a minha vida. Seja uma vida fácil, uma vida normal né? A tentativa disso, pelo menos E através dessa reconexão Estudando a minha ancestralidade Eu acredito que eu me sinto mais poderosa né? O que no candomblé a gente chama de axé Que é essa energia que que nos cobre Que os orixás nos presenteia Quando a gente está em conexão com eles Através desse axé eu me sinto mais forte Apesar do do externo, né? Da sociedade dizer que não Você pode isso, você não pode aquilo A violência, o genocídio da população negra É só aumentar E o trabalho, meu trabalho artístico É para me colocar em algum lugar no mundo Meu trabalho me coloca num lugar no mundo E eu sinto que naturalmente Essas entidades Elas aparecem no meu trabalho para Quem Me Chamas, por exemplo, é uma música que fala é, sobre, que questiona apropriação cultural. Exu pergunta, por que tu me chamas se não me conhece? É, questionando essa esse envolvimento, essa apropriação diretamente, dizendo da dos símbolos e absolutamente tudo que existe na cultura brasileira em detrimento do corpo negro. Então é, A gente está ainda na na mira da bala, vivendo em situações extremas de pobreza, quando em festas populares ou pessoas da alta sociedade resolvem usar símbolos, enfim, na negação desse racismo que existe no Brasil. O o Brasil ainda é uma colônia né, de países imperialistas e naturalmente expressa isso muito bem, na ausência de pessoas negras, tanto na estrutura, em em espaços de poder, quanto nas mídias e e etc. Então hoje a gente vem vivendo um um momento aí de discussões, não só no Brasil como no mundo, muito também estimulado pelos movimentos sociais que vem eclodindo nos Estados Unidos, Mas o meu processo especificamente é sobre isso, entender como eu me coloco nesse país que é tão racista E que é tão negligente com as pessoas negras, como é que eu fico nisso, como é que eu influencio as pessoas é, Que escutam meu trabalho a pensarem a respeito disso, tanto as pessoas negras quanto as pessoas brancas E a gente criar uma, uma discussão em outro nível para que a gente realmente consiga mudar de fase É, o Brasil existe a invenção do Brasil aconteceu há 500 anos e a gente ainda está aqui discutindo é, coisas tão primárias. ai desculpa, agora eu falei horrores, eu <laughs> sai falando.
3: Jenna saying she spoke a lot, so let's, let's give it
2: back. Obrigada, de nada.
3: So uh, her work is one of uh, a work of Restructuring uh, resistance. And in Genya's life, in her environment in Bahia, Bahia breathes, lives ancestrality. In the capital, Salvador, um, which is famous throughout Brazil, maybe the most famous city, um, in Salvador, you see images of Orishas all over and Odisha's there you see represent images in nature so yemanja for example represents the, the waters the ocean and others represent other things in, in nature so seeing the orishas was a very natural thing in in her world <clears throat> but um candomblé is seen as a which is the religion where Odishas are is seen as a very negative thing in brazil and was generally not accepted um, or not as accepted as white religions such as catholic religion and um, Afro-Brazilians or Black Brazilians had to fight and contest to have what are generally um, natural-born rights of practicing religion. So much so that in the 1920s, um, Black peoples in, in, in Brazil couldn't even practice uh, percussion instruments because they were considered a crime playing them in public. And, um, and so there's been a very engaging fight since then to, to gain back A position in society and that's the work that Zenya does is about is about that is about finding a place in society um for herself and it's a way of connecting with um ashe which is an energy it's a form of energy in in that religion in kandamble and it also represents an energy that you receive from the orishas from the entities when you are connected to them um So uh, she she works to see in her work she uses the religion um, to find uh, find her place in society and that's what you see in the clip uh, that was shown in the beginning. Pra que me Why do you call me? That's uh, an orisha that is actually asking the question to the audience, and it refers to cultural appropriation. And it refers to cultural appropriation, specifically in Brazil. Why is it the Brazilians, um, and specifically why Brazilians, use these Black symbols when they've always been used as negative signs of oppression? But they use them when they're in festivities as something positive. And uh, you still see in Brazil uh, poverty and violence against uh, the Black peoples. And Brazil, in fact, is very much still a colonized country. <clears throat> And um, you see this by the representation or lack thereof of Black people in the media, but also the lack of their representation in positions of power in society. US movements uh, of Black consciousness have definitely helped move along this fight in Brazil, but Genya's work is about finding her place in society, making her, herself normal and not um, outlawed or out of place. And it's with this that She's able to continue this struggle and she's able to ask the audience why these cultural appropriation practices are happening and why these still happen 500 years later. They're still fighting for the same basic rights.
0: Obrigada, oh, problem.
2: Thank you. The orisha in questions called uh, is the first orisha in the Shire. Thank you. I say. I say.
0: Um, so I'm
2: going through some
0: of the audience questions and I have more questions and they align. So that's perfect. Um, so my next question is from the audience and also me, <laughs> but um, I'm curious in the midst of movements that are centered around black life and black liberation, politics, as well as global civil unrest. Um, I'm curious of what role you think that black artists um, have throughout the diaspora to amplify these messages, and do you feel that there's a responsibility for Black artists to create art around racial issues? Um, let's let's start with Chanel. Actually, I'm sorry. Let's start with Jani. You
2: know eu só preciso da pergunta porque eu tá, claro. me distrai.
3: <laughs> então, pergunta da, da, do povo que está assistindo. em em vista dos dos movimentos tipo de Black Lives Matter e e dos protestos mundiais também, em geral, qual é o papel do artista negro em dar voz a esses protestos? E segundo, se existe uma obrigação do artista negro representar isso na sua arte? Eu
2: não acredito em... Nessa, nesse conceito de dar voz a alguém Todo mundo tem a sua própria voz E eu acho que a gente chegou até aqui é, Porque muitas pessoas vieram antes da gente E tiveram as suas vozes é, coadas Até chegarem na gente Eu me sinto realizando Eu me sinto um projeto Um projeto político dos meus ancestrais E acredito que como artista Como artista da música principalmente Porque é uma arte que junta muitas pessoas e a música, como também uma manifestação da natureza, que é o som, um, tem a capacidade de passar pela gente, sempre de licença, né? é uma frequência de onda e que nos conecta, conecta os nossos bluetooths juntos ali no momento da nossa, da nossa egrégora, por assim dizer. É, eu acredito que, politicamente, um corpo negro sempre é um corpo, um corpo negro numa sociedade, por exemplo, como o Brasil, de 56% de pessoas autodeclaradas descendentes de africanos. E hum, eu acredito que qualquer coisa, qualquer passo que uma pessoa negra decida tomar causa impacto na sociedade. Isso é um fato, Independente independente da escolha da pessoa. Só de a gente conseguir tomar decisões que saiam das estatísticas isso já faz uma grande diferença. Agora, em relação à mensagem e ao impacto que essa mensagem pode causar no público, eu acho que isso tem a ver com vários alinhamentos de planetas, com vários fatores. O tempo que a gente está vivendo agora é muito propício para a gente discutir em tempo real essas questões, com o uso da internet, das redes sociais, a gente fica sabendo de coisas que a gente não tinha acesso tão rápido antes. Então, Eu acredito que a internet acelera muito a comunicação Entre pessoas de países diferentes E também a comunicação dentro do próprio país Esse é um fator que eu acho bastante determinante Fora as lutas que já foram travadas anteriormente E que eclodem agora nessa possibilidade Que esse assunto não é um assunto novo É um assunto muito urgente Muita gente já morreu Muita gente ainda vive em condições extremas de, de, de vida, assim, que a gente pode até hesitar em chamar de vida. É, e a gente precisa e precisava muito que acontecesse essa promoção global a respeito é, das vidas negras. Então, eu acredito que o papel do artista nesse lugar é, talvez não de dar voz mas de amplificar um discurso e levar essa mensagem que eu acho que é mais um papel da música do que do artista em si mas sim o posicionamento o posicionamento é, artístico ele é crucial pensando que a gente está lidando com muito mais gente do que eu xênia sozinha né eu pessoa física por assim dizer a pessoa jurídica é, move muito mais pessoas então isso é a coisa mais importante a se pensar e usar esse discurso também com muita responsabilidade Porque eu acredito que ainda existem questionamentos muito primários Mas que existem coisas que já, já vêm sendo faladas há tanto tempo Que eu sinto que já chegou a hora de a gente passar de fase na, discu- na discussão E principalmente sair da discussão e ir para a prática Com certeza isso é um fato
3: Ok, então so, a uh, Jenny explica Um, She doesn't believe that we or that she needs to or the artist needs to give voice to other people. Everyone has their own voice and there have been many other peoples before us that had to struggle. And that all comes down through into us. Um, And um, Jenny believes that she's a she's a political product of her ancestors and that music uh, will bring together different people's music is also reflection of nature. So all of this goes through um, the artist and it comes out when we're in practice um, because of the history, but not because of the individuals. And now, politically speaking, the black body is always in protest, Um, no matter the person's beliefs or political ideology, any action that a black person take has an impact. Uh, No matter, no matter what, especially when they're getting out of the typical and the statistics that we see in society. Um, And um, in terms of of messaging, um, these aren't new messages with the protests that are coming out. They're all very important. But. uh, But it is a struggle that um, that we're seeing that still needs to be needs to be um, confronted. One thing that's interesting is that now we can converse in real time with each other because of the internet, we're having all these discussions and we're able to have a real discourse, which is um, very important. Um, But these, these struggles that we're having today about black lives are not new. What's new is that we're able to have more discussions. Um, There have been many people that have died along the way and that we're struggling just as we are today. Um, But we need these protests and, um, the work of music is really um to let these these movements come through us but it's not dependent um, on the individual rather it's dependent on the practice um however you know this discourse is is important and it's important to use it uh, responsibly so that we can um we can continue to amplify the messages of protest
0: so much i really appreciated that that answer um chanel
4: everything Jinya said <laughs> right um, <laughs> for serious yeah I mean I don't think I I'm in total agreement that um um just the uh, yes the black body um and the black artists just creating the work is a revolutionary act and in and of its, it's in and of itself. So, um, you know, for an artist, a Black artist, to disrupt white spaces with their work is a revolutionary act as well. Um, but I do believe, um, strongly believe that we should all um, aspire and work to actively work towards looking um, through an anti racism. Um, lens like we all all of us no matter what role we decide to take part to to call ourselves in society um, have a role in dismantling racist systems and systems of oppression period with the t at the end Um, and you know as far as as black artists I mean I think about um, the birth of of Black museums, right? Um, many Black museums throughout the country opened post-civil rights era, post-Black power era. And they were, my the museum that I work at, the Banneker-Douglas Museum, um, uh, Berta Freeman Welcom, she was the first, I'm sorry, the second African-American woman senator in the nation, and she survived an assassination attempt okay just because she was running for senate and she was a black woman and she opened the banneker douglas museum or led the legislation to open the banneker douglas museum because she believed that um the presentation of black history and culture the authentic presentation of black history and culture is a tool to um heal Maryland from its deep roots of racism to uproot racism in Maryland. Because how can you really hate somebody if you authentically know their history and culture, right? Um, So those are the, one of the shoulders that I stand on. Um, And as far as Black art, I mean, Black artists have been documenting Black social justice movements in this country since we got here be it the black folk artists who are unnamed to the big names that we know such as the Romare Bearden's such as the Jacob Lawrence such as the Elizabeth Catlett's such as the Kahende Wiley's and Amy Sherald's Um, so that's really nothing new Mm -hmm. you know Um, so I don't know if I answered your question but I'm just in my role I'm excited to be a black artist but also Give a platform for other artists to showcase their interpretations of their own personal experiences within social justice movements, and or just their own personal experience in general, which is of course to present that as a re- revolutionary act.
2: Right. Thank you. I have. I have one more thing about it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Eu também acredito que. Um, Só a representação artística, principalmente no caso do Brasil, é, não tem a força do tamanho do problema. Nós somos um país de mais de 200 milhões de brasileiros com mais da metade da população é, descendentes de africanos escravizados. A estrutura social ela é toda comprometida e por causa disso. E eu acredito que se a gente fica só na representação A gente cai na armadilha de só é, causar impacto imageticamente Só que a gente precisa de pessoas negras fazendo escolhas na sociedade Nas estruturas, dentro do direito, enfim, nas escolas públicas A gente precisa de uma educação honesta que conte a história do Brasil Como ela realmente é Porque, do contrário, a gente vai passar mais 500 anos só é, fazendo coisas é, que causam impacto num determinado ponto. A arte é política, a arte existe para isso também. Porém, efetivamente, na prática, a gente precisa de pessoas negras na estrutura do país, tomando novos, novas, fazendo novas escolhas, fazendo novas decisões que beneficiem essa maioria que ainda é tão fragilizada e que é morta a cada 10 minutos, um jovem negro é morto a cada 10 minutos no Brasil. Isso é muito grave. Então, eu acredito que a representação artística tem um valor, mas, infelizmente, a gente só consegue ir em frente com com medidas mais práticas e mais honestas
3: estruturalmente. Okay, so Eugenia had one more thing to to add, which is that just having the representation, especially in a country like Brazil, um, doesn't really uh, convey the strength of change that the size of the problem uh, demands. In Brazil, you you have over 200 million Brazilians, and more than half of them are descended from enslaved peoples. And this affects uh, to the detriment of societal structure today. So um, if you only have representation and you only get a visual impact of that representation, then um, you're not really uh, creating the amount of impact that you need in that. What you really need is to have um, change in the social structures and in st- institutions, in schools, in positions of power, in politics, to be able to convey the history and tell the story of why things are the way they are today, and to make change. And if you don't do this, you'll just have another another 500 years of repression and problems. So, um, and in, in that to that end, uh, the impact that we're seeing in art—if it's only in that one area—then you can't change other areas. For so, for example, um, uh, blacks in Brazilian social in society, um, you have every 10 minutes a young black man or young black person dying in brazil so in in that sense artistic representation has value but we need something that's a little more uh practical also
0: um i'm so appreciative of both you janya and chanel for sharing your art your words your wisdom with us for sharing your ancestors with us and your spirits So I'm very, very grateful to be able to hold this conversation and thank you to um, Pablo and everyone else who helped put this uh, together for all of us. And I want to say that this portion is over, but we have a virtual lobby after this, which is basically we're trying to simulate, you know, the art let out. So when we're in the lobby and we leave the art show, so... Um, that will be in the chat for everyone. If you want to just kind of mingle, virtually mingle for for a little bit, uh, that will be open. But I want to say thank you again. And I'm going to turn it over to, I believe, Jane.
4: Can I just say really quickly, Juju, thank you so much. <laughs> thank, you, Ju- thank you, Juju. Thank, yes. you,
2: thank <laughs> you, thank you,
4: thank you. Thank you, Xenia. <laughs> um, I listened to your podcast now, Juju, which is amazing and incredibly healing. Angenia, I listen to your music and it's just everything. So I love thank you I so love
2: your work honor. and I and I hope one day I uh, could uh, have one obra obra de arte masterpiece, your masterpiece, in my home. Yeah, I would love that. Send me your address. It's my <laughs> dream. It's my dream. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Juju. You're amazing. You're so, so, so gorgeous and Thanks. and intelligent. Thank, <laughs> you, thank you. Thank you. Obrigada. Thank
0: you. De <laughs> <laughs> nada. <laughs> all
1: you need is a little
0: juju. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode and the interview today. If you would like to reach out to me or keep in touch, you can find me on Instagram at I T S J U J U B E bae it's juju bay or at a little juju podcast you can also find me on twitter at it's juju bay but i am not talking spirituality stuff on twitter all the time okay i'm just talking my shit you can also feel free to reach out to me at www.it's juju bay at Com. well okay so now i'm doing group <laughs> readings that's a thing i have a limited number but i'm doing events parties work teams etc so if that's something you're interested in let your boss know or if you are the boss you know you can email me hit me up uh, from my website and uh, you can book reiki there etc i will say that i'm gonna be taking a little bit of a break not yet yet but in january i'm gonna have to slow it down a little bit i just want to make sure that i'm planning out some good some good content that everything is just together for the new year. We have new guests I'm trying to think through maybe some different segments. Like, I don't know. It's just like I just need to sit back, relax, breathe, and, and recalibrate the podcast. See how, see how we we turn it up next year. So I appreciate you all so much. Thank you for tuning in. And remember,
1: all you need is a little juju. My surrounded, so I'll never trap you.